story, guys. It is a real stories. Fake game show. The points are real. Stories are real. Game show not. I'm Murdoch. I'm Brian. And welcome to the show. We are the story guys at gmail.com. If you want to get involved, if you want to comment, you can also hit us up. Find us on Facebook and at the website, wearethestorygues.com. Yeah. You can find all of our past episodes on there. Find out how to contact Brian and I. Uh, we have, we're very multi-talented people. We can and, do all sorts of stuff. The uh, show is sponsored today by uh, Louisville Loves Emo 2, which might be something that I'm intimately involved with. If you're in the Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky area, um, I do host Louisville Loves Emo, which is a, a thing a friend of mine and I created um, kind of by accident for some other friends of mine who own a, a rock and roll club. And uh, it basically is like a giant clubhouse party um, celebrating songs from the early 2000s by bands like Taking Back Sunday and Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco and a whole bunch of others. Um, we did it back in February and uh, nearly sold the club out, 600 people through the door. Um, and it's it's like the best house party you've ever been to with a big live band. It's a little sloppy, but everyone is singing the words. Everyone's kind of reliving their uh, their more youthful days, and it's a really good time. And I'll host from the stage. I get to sing a song by Piebald, I'm told, which um, is really exciting. I saw Piebald once, and they said from the stage, hope you brought an extra pair of socks because we're going to rock your socks off. <laughs> And I, that has always stayed with me as one of the dumbest but best things I've ever heard said live from a stage. So anyway, it's October 25th, Headliners Music Hall in Louisville, Kentucky. Come hang out, and you can find all the information. Maybe I'll put something up on the website about that, too, wearethestoryguys.com. I feel like I need to go because the first one, when I saw the pictures, I was like, this is a part of your life that I know nothing about. It's it's a good time. I realize it's, that is the age gap right there. There it is. You've missed all of that. All those bands. Yeah, but um, yeah. It, it's still a good time. Even if you don't love the music, it's like last time it was just a crazy party of of lots of people who love rock and roll so and people singing along the songs yeah yeah and that's right? kind of the whole thing is everybody singing though there are some choices being made in song selection this year that i'm like are people going to be able to sing one arm scissor i don't know maybe hopefully um but we'll see so you should make me a playlist so i know what these things are i'll make you a playlist buddy right. we actually do have all that if you check out louisville loves emo or louisville loves emo to the event page on facebook uh you can find a lot of links to that kind of stuff so check it out if if that's your thing if not let's move on to the rest of the show one thing we like to do on the show is story of the week that's when we tell a story that we've heard a secondhand story uh maybe it's something we saw on tv or read in a book but maybe it's just something someone told us over lunch um, and margaritas, which is what mine is this week. But I'll let you go first. What's your story of the week? Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm trying to get through the Ken Burns country music documentary, which is tough. Every episode is like two hours long. And uh, I, I got I, – I was watching some friends of mine. They were having a, a group discussion about something, and someone dropped in this random link, and I clicked on it, and that ruined the rest of my evening. Because I had to go immediately onto PBS and watch the documentary called Making Contact, where a scientist who studies octopi for a living, he lives in Anchorage, Anchorage Alaska. Okay, I'm, I'm 100% on board with this and, description. And all the, all the octopi there are very large, also, slow... I, I love how you're saying octopi. Well, it's not octopuses. It, well, what... Can't be right. For some reason, this is how my brain works. I'm Deers. sorry I'm giving you this insight when... 
when you say octopi, I, I think how funny it would be to have a spoof cartoon called Octopi Wall Street, where a bunch of octopus <laughs> run into Wall Street and like protest with signs. Anyway, go ahead. Octopi. There's there's like Elizabeth Warren and there's like these <laughs> octopi with like Elizabeth Warren t-shirts on. Okay, sorry. So uh, anyway, so the octopi, they're up there in, in Alaska for him. They're really big, gigantic, slow moving kind of sloth like things. So they're not as exciting as, as the other ones that you see in the aquarium or whatever. The ones I saw in Finding Dory. Right. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so he has an idea. And so the story Making Contact is about this idea he has. And his idea was, what would happen if I brought an octopus to live with my family for a month? <laughs> so he, this scientist, this scientist gets... A huge saltwater tank. Stop, wait. It's called Making Contact? Yes. I kind of don't want you to tell me any more about it. Right. Where do I get it? It's, it's on PBS? It's PBS. It's on the PBS app. It's streaming. I, this, I think you can find listen, it. I think you can just look it up on YouTube and it takes you. It's free to watch. If you're a young kid, I want to tell you right now a life hack, which is as a parent, we if you told us something was on PBS, we would be like, cool, go watch it. Like We wouldn't even ask any more questions. Nah. There's some hidden treasures on PBS. It's like, I, now, I learned this about the Bible as a kid. Because when you're a preacher's kid and you spend too much time in youth group with deviant kids who are also kids of church staff, uh-huh. you learn all the dirty Bible verses. <laughs> so, oh, that's so weird. That's so weird, man. <laughs> so that's a family-friendly podcast. But if you ever want to discuss the weird Bible verses that are like totally, if you take them out of context, sound totally weird, I know all of them. Do you know how different you and I are? This, this, when you're a kid, the the, the, the deviant kids in, in Bible study class found the dirty Bible verses. And for me, it was like, well, all the dirty movies on Cinemax are on after 11. I just set the timer on the VCR. You know, we we figured out it was a hack. We we're like, if it's in the Bible, it can't actually be no, dirty. It can't so, yeah, be right. Uh, Cinemax, yes, that actually not in the Bible. No. I have not found that addendum to it's the Bible, not. the Cinemax addendum. So making contact on PBS. So yes, so this man and and he does say it's not for science. He he loves he loves <laughs> it's for it's sociology. He, he loves he loves it's this for work. eating. What's it for? <laughs> he said he 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 knows that. They're incredibly intelligent creatures that a half a billion years ago switched off. We are in this line of things that live on this planet. There's us, and then there's our ancestors, like once you go back to evolution, and then you look at all these other animals that fall in line next to the mammals, right? So you have like dogs, cats, and then there's reptiles and all these things, and then all sorts of stuff. But over here on the left... 500 million years ago is this thing that has three hearts and blue blood and it can it can camouflage itself like other things but it also can change the texture of it when it wants to it changes like it can it, it, its skin can change it can change into dozens of different colors it it decorates its cave like it, it has a personality. So he just wanted to have it close so he could just watch it do crazy stuff. He wanted to see what it was like to have a. It, it becomes his daughter's pet. He has a teenage daughter, and it becomes her pet. He even mentions that all the pets that she had were really indifferent to her. She's like this very quiet, introverted kid, and all of a sudden you see that she is like has this super cool relationship with this octopus. Coincidentally, in junior high, I had a punk band called My Pet Octopus. I'm not believing it. No, it's not true. But okay, it yeah, would be good. a great name for it for a punk band, like a junior high punk band. You know, it would. and it would be a great pet. Like, I mean, how cool is it to say like, 
when your friends are like, yeah, I have a dog. Like, come, come see Rover. You're like, nah, man. Come see Ollie the octopus. Like, what was the octopus's name? Do you know? Um, oh, I can't remember. It was a, it was a, a female. Tell me it had like a, like a really plain it was a Jane very, name. Very plain. Yeah, it was a very Sylvia. plain name. Sylvia. Yeah. And there was a connection between the, there was a connection between the, the daughter and, and the, the, uh, the octopus. And, and there's something, I don't want to get in the whole thing because I'm giving it all away, but there's a lot of stuff we still, we just don't know. There's stuff we have no idea. I appreciate you confirming for the audience that you're a hyper nerd. <laughs> I mean, not that they didn't know this, but... I know sometimes I tell stories and they're way too long, and I am always <laughs> having to think about how conscious I am of it, and then telling stories about stuff like this, I no, have to it, think it, about. I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a hard time, but it actually sounds fascinating. Making contact on PBS. My story has to do with... Uh, a, a book and a book that I was recommended when I was on uh, What Should I Read Next with Ann Bogle. Yeah. Uh, remember the whole premise of that podcast. We talked about this. I was on episode 201 on the Wondery Network. And there is a um, kind of a formula to the show where she asks you for favorite books and books that you didn't like and then she makes recommendations. One of the recommendations she made to me was Dutch House by Ann Patchett, which I had read Ann Patchett before that she actually came up on the show um, as far as an author that I like. And so I just checked out her new book that's only been out a couple of weeks. And Anne recommended it to me as a story where the house is a major character. And I would say that that's a good way to describe it, but it's really about this relationship of this brother and sister and how they let something that happens in their childhoods really drive the decisions they make for the rest of their lives. And you're left at the end to kind of examine how we do that as humans, right? Like how little things can, we can fixate on things and not even realize that we've fixated way too much obsession. Yeah. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. Um, and so it's a really interesting study in that. Um, I liked it quite a bit. I just like Ann Patchett. Um, I might like Commonwealth more, which is um, a book that I often talk about from her. But it, it's good. And if you like to read and you like stories about families like I do, The Dutch House is, is good. So that's my story of the week. Sweet. It does, it, no, no octopuses. Yeah, I, I'm hoping. I'm sorry. No, no octopi. Octopi. That's right. Or I'm, cephalopod. Ce- no the, cephalopods. There's cephalopods, yeah. That's a good term. That makes me feel smarter, cephalopod. Cephalopod does sound better than octopus. It makes you sound like you're going to the aquarium on a field trip. <laughs> if you look to the left, children, there's a cephalopod. So every episode, we tell stories. We have a story starter. So we, we come up randomly with ideas, uh, and, and Brian, he's generally in charge of it. He throws a bunch of uh, ideas in a hat, and he doesn't tell me what's happening. They're, they're typically and, song titles, and we typically just to kind of lay the land, we grab an artist or a band or friends, whatever. We, we throw some suggestions in. And today I'm going to David Bowie. We've been going to the greats. We've done Queen. We've done Kiss. David, Notice I said greats. David Bowie. So today I'm going to David Bowie. So uh, in the hat, let's dance. Uh, ashes to Ashes. Dancing in the Street. I had to throw that one in just for you. Uh, Rebel Rebel. Uh, we have Space Oddity. And we have Heroes, which is maybe my favorite. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say a favorite Bowie song, but I do love Heroes a lot. I like the Let's Dance record, which is not a lot of people's favorite record. I like Modern Love and China Girl are both on there. And Stevie Ray Vaughan plays guitar on that record. Hey, who is Okay, so Stevie Ray Vaughan plays guitar on that record. And then Eddie Van Halen plays on Beat It. On Beat It. Yeah. Right? yeah okay. And now, now Rogers produced Let's Dance, too. 
That's how nerdy that can get. So you're going to have to get in that hat and pick one of these. We're, we're going to pick one Boy of these. Songs. We're going to pick one of these. I'm hoping. Let's dance. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. Space oddity. Okay. <laughs> well, definitively, <I> <laughs> definitively not. <laughs> Let's dance. It's not going to be my story about dancing with an octopus. So uh, do you want to go first on, uh, <laughs> on, on space oddity? Do you have any, golly, do you have a story about? Space. Outer space? Yeah. Or t- you, no. Yeah. You're full of stories today. Stories about octopi and, yeah. and spaceman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, hit me. So, um, did we already determine that I'm a nerd? Did we do that on I, this I episode? I think earlier on this episode, right. folks. I don't even yeah. think you have to go to another episode. I think if you just rewind a little bit, that has been established. So, in uh, I, I, here's okay, I'm going to give you a fact, a real quick fact, to further hone the uh, nerddom. I uh, believe the year is 1987. <laughs> I, I believe the year. And my mom takes me to the Nashville Science Museum, and I watch Voyager 2 go by Neptune on, like, a closed-circuit TV with, like, a delay of, like, you know, 17 years or whatever, <laughs> looking at this crappy <laughs> black-and-white TV. So I've been fascinated with astronomy and uh, and space like my whole life at one point i had one of those crazy um telescopes where you put in the the coordinates like i had a book and the telescope would move across the sky and take you directly where you wanted like to the object like i had one of those yeah yeah um thanks for whoever stole that out of my apartment um oh like you had that as an adult Yes, I had. so so this traveled from your childhood all the way into adulthood. No, no, I got. Oh yeah, my my interest. Yeah, it's never. It hasn't gone. This summer we had Jupiter and Saturn put on this amazing show for everyone here in North America. You'd have the moon, and there'd be this kind of dot you'd see be Saturn, big bright thing was Jupiter. It's, I mean. I love to look at the skies. I love to be places no, that c- I can c- look at the sky. A couple sky. years ago, big eclipse. You yeah. You didn't do anything super special for it though. I did, I took the day off. Yeah, but the night before we went and saw Green Day. That's correct. <laughs> and then and then and then the and day then you took the day off. I didn't the, realize that. And the day of, um, in the backyard, I I took the day off in the backyard. We played two songs over and over again, waiting for the eclipse. And during the eclipse, we played "Total Eclipse of the Heart" by Bonnie Tyler. Thank you for that. And, and we played because it had just happened where Rick Ashley. Uh, was playing the Never Gonna Give You Up rock thing with the Foo Fighters. So we were, you know, listening to that, I, the YouTube clip of that. I mean, how much... That makes I, me think of space. I'm, yeah, right. So <laughs> so anyway, I... You, you love space. We've I, established Mark loves space. Go. Yeah. So, so I have an, an old friend I haven't seen in 20 years. Ex- exactly 20 years. And he was, I lived in New York City for a while, and he was uh, like my, maybe my closest friend uh, that was there. And I loved being in New York. Uh, I was, you know, I'm not a native New Yorker. I grew up in the middle of Tennessee, but I loved it. Um, And Scott was my friend, and we worked together for a little while, and he was great. He had a master's degree in English from Duke. He, like, taught English in Morocco at one point, and we worked together. We had this corporate job, you know. So, gone. 20 years have gone, right? So, we didn't connect for the longest time. He's not very active on all social awfulness and things like that, except, like, one platform where I know I can find him, and he takes beautiful photographs. So, 
my pal Scott, who I just thought, you know, um, the thing I know about him with his vocation when we had that job before that, he showed Ferris Bueller's days off to an English class in Morocco and was like, what are they doing? They're like, he's skipping school. You know, it's like, I think about him like doing that. <laughs> yeah. But Scott <laughs> has a new job 20 years later and he works for the Jet Propulsion Laboratory at NASA. What? So how did this come up? He sends you an email and you're like, bro, how's life? And he's like, the other I night work, I was behind a rocket. I work at the, J, the JPL, I work at NASA and I'm like, Okay, so what does that mean? Um, so, <laughs> right? And we had kind of kept in touch, and so I, I had to send him a note because real recently there's this moon of Saturn that it came out when the Cassini spacecraft was going around Saturn, and, and it's it's called Enceladus. Um, and in the uh, Percy Jackson books, Enceladus is a giant. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, so they were pretty sure they were like, oh, yeah, well, this moon has more water on it than Earth. Uh, and it has geysers everywhere, all over the surface. So they eventually they took Cassini and just flew it into the geysers so they could see what's in that that water vapor. Uh, so there's, you know. There's a lot going on on this moon. There's nitrogen and methane. Saturn's moon, also a band I was in. in <laughs> Sorry. So, um, so yeah. So there's car. They they they're pretty sure. Like NASA's pretty sure they announced that there's carbon-based possible life on this planet that is an ocean, essentially. Okay. It's water. Like the whole when we were kids, it's like the only way you can find life is there has to be a planet that's three planets away from a star, so it can have water. And it's like, oh yeah, well there can be water anywhere. Like. They're kind of getting ready to like drop this Mars life stuff on us sometime pretty soon in the next couple of years and find out there's micro like tiny you know life there as well. So anyway, I asked Scott, I was like, you know, this Enceladus news is amazing, and this is what he wrote back to me. Yes, the folks have been waiting weeks at NASA to make sure the evidence was strong enough to release the information to the public. There be dragons. And he has a little dragon emoji. What? Like, what's up there? That's his thing. There be dragons. What, what does that mean? What does it mean? <laughs> next next paragraph. I just picture you getting this email for the first time and, and like was, losing your I did. Mind. I did. I was like, there be dragons. I was like, man, he knows there's a there's something else. The afterworld. <laughs> a world of never ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Random. Uh Next paragraph, I'm doing some work with the team that's building the experimental ice and submarine robots to go visit there in 20 years. What? Okay, first of all, talk about planning ahead. So they're building stuff that they literally don't plan to use until 2039? They got it. They got to figure out how to. They got to figure out how to make these things. They're submarines to drill into the ice. Isn't it crazy that this guy goes home at night and hey, what you do today? Well, I was I was testing some. I'm working on this thing. It's just like oh, us. God, I'm dude. working on this thing. That's not it. It's not just like us. And that's not all. <laughs> it's it's not at all just like us. And there's more. And also, I'm working a bit on the mission to Europa. The first one will be an orbiter because we're not ready to land on that surface until it's mapped. Okay, what if he's actually living in his mom's basement and he's just right making stuff up because he knows you're a space nerd? Oh, man, no. And he actually works at Jibby John's? <laughs> and he's like, I mean, I am freaky fast. 
Scott one time took me to a temple almost at midnight. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm telling this story, Scott. Um, and we ha- we put on our yarmulkes as we walked in. All the women were sitting down in the back. Uh, and there were men in the front, and they were dancing. So Scott and I go up, and we dance with these men in this synagogue. And Scott, who was just the most joyful person, like joy just jumps out of his mouth. He said, uh, my friends, this is so much fun. We'd love to come back and do it again. And some guy's like, we dance every night of the week. <laughs> and he was like, what? You know, and it's like, you know me, like church. And I'm like, you're dancing at night? <laughs> What is what does it all mean? Was it a spiritual practice, or was it just like a dance? Like, hey, we're dudes, and, and this is like a Jewish form of dancing. They, they that were we they were or, keeping they were, alive. They were Orthodox, and they were dancing. It was, oh, it was com- like the beards and everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's completely, oh. completely, one hundred percent radical new experience for me, and a learning experience for me. And you know, after a while, I was like, eh, I probably should convert. These guys kind of have this thing figured out. It was totally like I remember, like, eh. This really just seems it. to make sense. I get it. Yeah. There's a lot of dancing, and, and there's you know you don't have to worry about shaving. It's fantastic. <laughs> that wasn't at all what I was getting at. <laughs> so so wait, we have skipped over the fact that there be dragons that still hang out really, there. It's it's really the it's really so the best part. There's, there's really only one reply to this email, which is Scott. What does there be dragons mean? Like yeah. I think you owe yourself that. The second part of that email is when can I come visit? <laughs> It, I, Are you, I like allowed as a layperson to come visit Scott at work. Like, would they let that happen? Um, I'd love to see you what you're doing in person. <laughs> it would be the best adult field trip ever. Okay. I already, I already First said, of all, yeah, very so. well asked. Ex- that is the most Murdochian reply that I've ever heard. I would love to come see that in person. It'd be the best adult field trip ever. Somehow, you totally just asked to come into his workplace and you haven't seen the guy in 20 years, but. It was somehow charming, and like if I was him, I'd be like, "Yeah, I don't see why not." Yeah, I, I have an old friend. I wonder if there's rules though. I don't. Well, li- no, listen, man. I've got an old friend from college, and uh, her name's April. April's awesome, and I had one class with her. She was friends with a bunch of other girls that I knew, or whatever. And the thing that always stuck with me about April. It's like she like made out with Greg Allman. I like on the on the on the bus like one time after a show like I remember that right you apologize to Scott for the story about Hasidic Jews dancing and you're not going to apologize for April for making out with Greg Allman like just blowing that out on the podcast but but hang on (laughs) so April works at UCLA she's a doctor and she has her PhD or whatever um you know does she still know Greg Allman no she she I went to visit her and she put me in like in like sort of like the quasi clean suit thing and I go into the the lab and I'm looking at how like they look at cloning and all like I'm looking at She's these. not supposed to let you do that. Yeah. Well no no it, it where that that was totally one hundred percent like okay because they So have your reasoning like, is if she can do that, Scott can let you into the space laboratory to see the things he's they're gonna take on the planets. I had an adult field trip with April and then we went and had lunch 
And I think that Scott, we should do that too. <laughs> basically, basically, guys, really what this is is not an episode of Story Guys. This is a chance for Mark to start a petition, an online petition, to be allowed into NASA. It's, it's also, he, he would like to be allowed for a field trip afternoon into NASA. He needs your help. It's, it's also another opportunity for me to go to Southern California to go visit LaPal, who has an amazing job. So Yeah, it's pretty remarkable there be dragons i don't there be dragons yeah, it is now your turn <laughs> last episode that's what that looks like <laughs> this episode there be dragons <laughs> guys i think we've officially reached the 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 in the timeline of this podcast the area which we can now have hashtags <laughs> so please hashtag there be dragons for this episode hashtag there be dragons all right, my mine mine is a very different story, but it does involve a space center. Um, so, like several years ago, um, like a little bit of background, my wife and I tend to celebrate birthdays in this way. Like we've we have this like one upsmanship that happens where it's like my birthday comes and she does something cool, and then I feel like I have to do something cool, cooler, right? Um, and so for a while, we were into like surprising. Uh, the other person with a trip, but for the whole family. So it was like, right. so we like to travel, we like to do things. So one time we went, I remember on my birthday weekend, I remember texting you and saying, hey, we're going to, um, we're going to Knoxville and you have a relationship with Knoxville and we talked about how great Knoxville was. So we, we've done a lot of stuff like that. We like to travel. Right. We like to plan these different things. And so one time we are traveling to Florida unrelated to a birthday trip and we, on that trip from Kentucky to Florida, oh, you, yeah. there's a way to go where you go in, through Huntsville. Yes, and I know H- where you're going. And Huntsville is the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. So we're like, and it's interesting because it's right off of whatever that, 565 or whatever that is. And when you pass, like you can see it all to the side. So we're driving, it's the middle of the day, and my wife said, and I said, what is that over there? And she said, oh, that's the Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville. She goes, interestingly, I was actually going to, uh, I was going to plan a birthday trip. One of the things I was planning was like maybe um, to go to the Space and Rocket Center. And then I, I chose something else, but I, I thought it would be really special for you. And I was like, I wonder why she thinks it would be really special for me. I mean, like, I, I do not have a relationship you do with space. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's cool. It's interesting. I've seen Apollo 13. Like, it's all good, but, like, I don't have a deep obsession like you do. But also, you could eat that space food that's in the <laughs> gift shop. So, I they do have remember... That space food that the astronauts eat I, and tang. I do remember going to the... The science center when I was a kid, the local science center. Oh, the crap. And they, yeah, and that's like the only thing you want when you're a kid. There's like a million cool things in there, and all you can, and history repeats itself. I had that same issue, and then I take my kids in when they were little, and they're like, astronaut food. Straight to the space ice cream. Astronaut food. (laughs) Yeah. Now, it's not just any astronaut food. It's not like astronaut peas and carrots. It's astronaut ice cream. You can't say no to that. It's, yeah. And why is it Neapolitan? Like, why didn't they make it Rocky Road? Neapolitan seems like a weird choice. Who really goes to the store and is like, you know what I need? A little bit of strawberry, a little bit of chocolate, and that weird trail of vanilla. Like, you don't need all three. Neapolitan is such a letdown for a thing, for ice cream. Because, like, you know when you get the, the popcorn for Christmas? Yeah. And you yeah. eat you all the, the ch- you eat the cheddar, you eat the and it's the one first. you don't like. It's different a little bit for some people, and there's the one you don't like. But when you get, like, a Neapolitan ice cream, like, you know, popsicle... You're screwed, buddy. Like, try eating. Like, if the thing that you don't like is on the right side, <laughs> you're you're toast, man. Once you like eat the stuff in the middle, like it's it's falling apart. So back to the car on the highway. I'm like, the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. Why do you? She goes. Remember you 
always wanted to be a space cowboy when you were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm literally like, okay, so we've been married for almost 15 years now. And I'm like, what is she talking about? Like, I space cow- First of all, that's from a Steve Miller band song. It's not a thing. Casey Musgraves, if you're a little younger. I mean, I saw Ice Pirates when I was a kid with Robert Urich, and I kind of remember that involving space maybe a little bit, like space ice pirates, and like that's maybe the closest I've ever come to anything that would resemble a space cowboy. Was that the ship that had space herpes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Right. Same, movie. Fa- fam- same movie. Family show. Same- you're welcome. Same hashtag, movie. hashtag space herpes. Yeah, same movie. You so- and I loved that movie, apparently. <laughs> I, I had it on VHS under my bed for years. Like Love just it. For years, because my friend bought it for me. We saw it when we were kids, and he, like, later in life, found it, like, at a yard sale. I was like, well, Brian's got to own this. So I owned it for a copy of it for years. Um, anyway, I'm not watching it again, ever. But that's all you need to know about it, is animatronic space herpes. So, <laughs> that's as close as I ever got to loving space as a kid. I'm literally sitting in the car going, what Why do you want to be she, a space cowboy? What is she talking about? Like, I know I've never said that to her. And so, but I don't want to argue because it's sweet. Like, she's like, yeah, I really wanted to take you here. I know how much it would have meant to you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, all, all I can think about, Brian, is you with some astronaut <laughs> cowboy outfit. <laughs> like, with, like, leather chaps, but with the astronaut helmet. So, everything is, everything in my head right now is just wrong. Like, I need. <laughs> so, I'm I, I'm sitting there and I'm I'm having that inner debate where I'm like, do I ruin this or do I just go with it? Like, because. Yeah. I could say, what are you talking about? And this could go south really quickly. Or a thanks. Or I could just say, Let's, I'm glad you think of me. You know, I could carefully word it in the way of like, I'm glad you think of nice things for me to do. Yeah. But then I'm flash forward to the next year and I'm like, we're going to end up in Huntsville, Alabama. And this is going to be like the sitcom situation that's gone too far where I have to fake for an entire trip that I used to want to be a space cowboy. So I'm sitting there going, where could she have gotten this from? And suddenly... I remember where she got it from. I can't wait. She's confusing me with someone else. Not an old boyfriend. Joey Tribbiani from Friends. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, how, the, how does your wife... So, so you, how does she confuse you, you with a fictional person? <laughs> it's so... So there's a there's a there's a one off joke in Friends about how Joey Tribbiani wanted to be a space cowboy when he grew up, and you know there's all that reference that you get as someone watching that show because of Steve Miller Band and whatever else, and it's just like he's filling out his resume and he says that and it's but here's what you have to know and here's how you put a bow on this story in a way that says something about my relationship with my wife in a positive way and not that I should be offended by that. Um, we one thing. Like, we kind of fell in love watching Friends. Like, we watch Friends all the time in the beginning of our relationship. And we still do. Like, there are still times where Friends is on. And there is no show in the world that makes me laugh like Friends to this day. Now, a lot of people share their sentiment. A lot of people don't. There, it, there are ways that it does not hold up, and there are times literally in recording episodes of the show where I almost go, it's like that time on Friends, and I realize you're not going to care. Well, it's not, it's not that I don't care. I love you. I just don't know what you're talking about. But we watched Friends so much that I became, my interests and aspirations and loves became intermingled. With him? With <laughs> With him. <laughs> With a fictional character on Friends. There's still a cute poetry to it because it's something we've shared. So I just decided to accept it. Though occasionally if she gets snippy, I just look at her and say, Space Cowboy? 
<laughs> so you should be like, some call me the gangster of love. Like just start to <laughs> do the whole thing. I, and needless to say, I have not been back to the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. Though I did pass it once again since then and used it as an opportunity to bring this story up. So you never wanted to go to space camp. That was not a thing. I watched kid. a movie called Space Camp. Same. Do you remember that movie? Yes. That and movie wanted, was cool. And wanted to go to space camp because of space camp. Yeah, Space Camp was a, was a good flick. It wasn't like Fight Club. You could talk about Space Camp as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> the first rule of Space Camp is we all want to go to Space Camp except Brian. He wants to be a space cowboy. <laughs> I just I just want to be on a ship with ice pirates <laughs> and possible STDs, space transmitted diseases. Oh my gosh! So that that's the show, and I think without Space Cowboy, you think Space Cowboy wins? Yeah, I mean, dude. <laughs> There be dragons. <laughs> Hashtag there be dragons. I kind of want to name this episode there be dragons instead of it's, space it's, oddity, but yeah. I feel like I need to keep with the theme. We should keep with the, yeah, let's keep with the continuity of the theme. But. Check out everything we're doing on our website, wearethestoryguys.com. You can email us at wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. Please comment on, if you have if you have any stories like this in your past with your significant other where they have like confused you with a sitcom character, please, I want to know that this is not something that only happens in my house. I'm really proud to say I have never thought like, you know what? Uh, my wife's interest and Brett Butler on Grace Under Fire, similar. Like this never happened. If you have any stories about a family member that's interesting or an octopus in your house. Or, or space camp and dragons. <laughs> Neapolitan ice cream. There's a whole there's a whole bevy of things you can email us about. I call it a draw. So okay, no points today. We're gonna we're we're gonna walk away. We're gonna put our guns back in our holsters. Yeah, and go back to the OK Corral. That's right. Space but cowboy. It's <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it's very important. Keep telling stories. Story Guys is a production of Brian Eichenberger and Mark Murdoch. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright 2019 Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.